What is up, everyone? Chris Manning here. That's Evan Damro. We are going to talk about Kobe Altman's extension, talk about Cavs Jazz. That's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into the meat of today's show, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where... We want you to subscribe and help us get to 1,000 subscribers. And I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Evan, before we get into today's show, what are you drinking over there? Listen, uh, viewers saw you take a chug of something as we got going. What are you drinking? A Hawaiian shaved ice flavored Alani New, zero sugar, decent amount of caffeine. Doesn't make me feel like hot garbage. Um, before I finish consuming it, but enough with the chit chat. Let's get going with the chit chat. Chris, how are you today? I'm good. You know, thank you for holding us down solo yesterday. Um, we're Bro, I did um, a little how the sausage is made. Uh, Locked On is hosting these segments on just improving our brand and stuff. We did an energy segment, and the guy's hosting saying, listen, if you're doing a solo show, you should feel exhausted after you finish. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel okay after you and I finish. I went solo yesterday, and I was like mentally drank. So I'm like, I had to bring it for a whole 30 minutes. And I don't know how people – I don't know how you did it. I don't know how people on the network right now are still doing it. It's insane to me to think about. John Corrales from Lockdown Celtics, Jake Madison from Lockdown Pelicans, and Brad Roland from um, my buddy Brad Roland, our buddy mm-hmm. Brad Roland from Lockdown Hawks. Of the three people that I think are the doing solo shows now, are absolutely savages. But Evan, um, someone who is, you know, I, I don't know if they're doing a lot of like work solo. I don't, you know, I would imagine if Kobe Altman had a podcast, he'd be like, a, it'd be more of like a nine person kind of thing. He seems like a guy that would want like a lot of collaboration. I'm just, bro, a nine person podcast sounds like hell. A four man show with the chase down is like tough for us. I yeah, can't even yeah. imagine a nine man pod. Those, that was Unless already- it's like an open table discussion and you're just recording it. Yeah, I mean, just riffing. But Kobe Altman is first reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and subsequently confirmed by lots of media outlets, has agreed to a contract extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers that will take him through the 2027-28 season. He also gets a little promotional uh, name title change. He's now the Cavs president of basketball operations. Famously, Evan, this was, I believe, a sticking point in the David Griffin uh, part of, of his exit was was the title. That's what, what Chauncey wanted too. And is what what a what a what a time. We're gonna get into that a little bit. But Kobe Allman uh, has been, I think, done a really good job the last twelve months. The deal um, is is also kind of going sides with JB Bickerstaff having his contract extended through twenty twenty six through twenty twenty seven. Kobe Allman has been the Cavs GM since July twenty seventeen. That's about a year after Cleveland won the title. He's been with the Cavs since 2012. He was um, very involved in overseas scouting. He was, for instance, like I believe the point of contact for Jetty Osmond before he took over. He's 
the longest tenure general manager in the Dan Gilbert era of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, you know, about two decades now. Evan, this this wasn't, I, I think, like when we saw the JB thing come through, I am not particularly surprised that Kobe has also been extended. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have like a big take on if it's good or bad. I Some of these things I feel like I'm just like, okay, like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm pro Kobe and I'm pro JB and their families like securing the bag for as long as possible. That, that to me yeah. is a win. That is I'm pro labor and the labor getting money is, is good to me. But what I find interesting is that this is all sort of happening. You know, I mean, relatively the Cavs success here has just been, has been, it's been a short window of success here. Like really the franchise has, turned around so to speak since you know evan mobley gets drafted they get jared allen last year darius garland you know has had his kind of lead the last two seasons colin saxon been around since 20 team but like they really have only like one basketball games the thing that defines the success or failure of these guys jobs since like october like this is really mm-hmm. like a pretty recent success thing and i i find it interesting that they are committing i i don't again i don't know if i feel like i have a positive reaction to it a negative reaction to it i i think it is just interesting to note that this is a franchise that is paying for stability at, at general manager and at head coach and like if you're if we talk about like the nucleus of a franchise ownership front office coaching those three things almost have to be in sync and it feels like this is like them trying to be in sync on this front that is the only way that i read this as of right now yeah well when you had jb baker staff on the show he shared with us that he and Kobe kind of operate in lockstep in terms of just like overall vision for the roster. Like JB has input. Obviously Kobe makes the final decisions because he is now, well, was general manager now is Pobo for the team. Um, we know that their analytics department does a lot of analysis. They have scouts who do a lot of analysis and Kobe kind of just tethers all these different voices together to form a final opinion yeah, on what and, is for and, this team. And like my understanding of some of it is it's like even Kobe has been involved like at very granular levels of some stuff. Like I think when mm-hmm. they've interviewed like data scientist folks, like he has been in those interviews. Like when, when they've interviewed someone who's like at the baseline level of like their analytics department, he's involved in that. Like I, I think this is a guy that has been pretty involved in sort of everything that has gone on here like i and i and i think that reflects one despite the fact that like i as selfishly i think like him talking to the media more is good i i think that is frankly like, oh but chris i i got a leak from the desk of kobe altman for us oh okay okay That's... i want to formally apologize for creating a team that is packing and caught your team lacking calves and four definitely that's absolutely something kobe altman did did not write but like i i think in terms of like what the Again, like there, there's a lot I think we don't know about how the Cavs sort of work right now. Like I, th- I think there's like a oh, lot yeah. of sort of like stuff we could poke at and guess at, and I, I think some of that's frankly inappropriate for reasons I don't want to talk about. But I, oh, I, those things. I thought you were yeah. talking about just like how Kobe operates. I'm like, yeah, he he operates in the shadows. It's always been well, like, yeah. I mean, there, that is sort of well known. I think we've discussed it enough. I think there's the other part of it that with one of those. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. like, yeah. If you want to compare him to like Andrew Barry or Chris Antonetti, like Antonetti is so hands-on and available in terms well, do, of do you like, have well it, it's, oh that's Antonetti's an interesting name to bring up here the the cleveland guardians you know head guy <clears> over there yeah I, you, did you, I always really get a kick sometimes out of reading some of the um zach meisel stuff because a zach meisel is really really great go you know he's my he's my favorite person over at the athletic cleveland just incredible beat reporter covering that team he does um he when he there's been times where like he has written about like 
being on the same flight and like he's like not like Antonetti and some of his other people are up, up in like first class and he's in the different part of the plane and like he'll go up and like just talk to him and like I'm just I don't know for like especially in the COVID world like I could I think like we've seen Kobe Altman like walking around before games on the court like you don't see like we just you just don't see him very often and like there's a certain no. level of separation separation yeah that's what I was trying to get at is like Antonetti's on the radio often Andrew Barry is a pretty common feature of like radio shows and things like that like we can't really dissect the thought process of Kobe Altman because he doesn't make himself available. And to his credit, um, we went a very decent time between when Andre Drummond, I think, was released or the Kevin Porter Jr. trade and then the draft. Like It was a decent chunk of when we didn't hear from Kobe at all. I'll give him credit. I think him coming out and leading media day and just kind of opening himself up to questions for everything – is helpful. I think we'll probably hear from him again at the trade deadline. Maybe if they announce the extension, extension he has been, which I, I don't think they formally announced. JD they haven't. And I, I, as again, like I, I, I don't want to talk about media stuff anymore because I, that became this became a curse many no, bit I, to the point. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know. But I, what I'm trying to get at is, is Kobe operates in the shadows. He is elusive. I wouldn't. I don't really dwell too much on the fact that JB got an extension and Kobe got an extension. I think, listen, the team's successful. It just makes sense to reward the guys who are big proponents of this and maybe reward the players, i.e. Darius Garland in the offseason you're actually contractually oh, the, the, able to. The, the Garland bag is is coming. It, the Garland bag is, is coming. But this is also an organization that is more than comfortable with paying coaches to no longer be their coaches because when JB took over, I think Ty Lue was still on the payroll. I think Mike Brown was finishing up on the payroll. John Bayline was still on the payroll. And now JB Bickerstaff's being coached. Let's say he gets, I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but if he does, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a level of dysfunction at the top. Uh, the Cavs are very comfortable paying five coaches at the same time. I'm sure they're very comfortable paying two general managers at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so. I, I, yeah. These things are never like guaranteed fully. Like that's not how this works. Like, yeah, no so I, I, I don't dwell coach. too much on like the extension itself. I think it's just like you said, they are paying for stability, which is refreshing. I think when you and I first started doing this show together, it was really during the doldrums of the John Bayline era, and the biggest thing we complained about is how unstable this organization is, and they're finally showing some signs of it. Like that's refreshing in itself. I think, I think I can take away that positivity from it is just the fact that the Cavs are showing stability. Um, they're winning. I think they're kind of starting to show their lumps, maybe experience some growing pains. Maybe Mobley's going to hit that rookie wall soon. I think this is going to be a tougher road trip than people may realize. And I don't know, man. The Cavs were projected to win 26 games this year. They're still on pace to be in the upper 30s to mid 40s in my eyes. I know, like, cleaning the glass has them at 52, which is pretty bonkers. Yeah, well, then, still, uh, but Kirk Goldsberry at ESPN today had, uh, he kind of did like some tiers ranking, and the Cavs are in his second tier, which would be the, the, the tier two, which is solid playoff teams. And they were the, he was the first team yeah. that he wrote there. So, um, you know, currently, that's, like that's, that's what they are—is a solid yeah. playoff team, and yeah. which, which, I which massive, the expectations massive, were rock bottom going into massive, this year. Yeah, that's a massive step forward for where we thought the yeah. Cavs were like six months, like even six months ago. This is a massive step forward. Yeah, if you asked me six months ago if the Cavs are going to be flirting with the playoffs, and like I tell my girlfriend this, I tell my parents this, like I'm going to finally be busy in March and April and possibly May as well because. Cleveland doesn't pack it up at the end of April. Or I just start saying, I can't say like my famous line is like, okay, they're a turd right now. And there's only so many ways you can polish a turd before you realize it's a turd. Um, this is a good Cavs team. And I will eat crow on this all the time. When I said they weren't a playoff team, you, me, Ben Axelrod all said smash the under on this Cavs win total. 
I will say I'm not wrong often, but this is one of the times I was wrong. I'm wrong. Don't make that face. Don't make that face. The Cavs didn't win the championship in 2017. Okay, that's that's a shot that's not needed. Anyway, Evan, let's after the break. I want to let's get into what what the biggest tasks of Kobe Altman's tenure are going to be as he kind of moves forward here. I kind of want to dissect kind of what he the next kind of steps for him in the in the rest of the front office are going to be. But first, you're going to tell everyone about our friends at Prize Picks. I sure do. Hey, Cavs fans, not based in Ohio, you've been hearing me tell you all about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out yet. You're missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love the app for the NBA and mixed spots pickums. The Christmas game day, Christmas gay dames were the Christmas day games were a blast and even more fun. If you played prize picks, prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any props you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes, maids, shots, etc. All of your users that deposit and use my promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's you versus the projected numbers. Prize picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on Embiid combined with the under on Rogers in the same entry. Use the award-winning app for both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepick.com today and use promo code NBA or go to the App Store on your mobile device and download the app. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing prize picks, you honestly do not know what you're missing. Evan, when you look at Kobe Altman's, you know, forthcoming tasks here. Yeah. So are we talking like short term, like this season? Or are we I, talking? I, no, no, we've done enough of the this season stuff. I think in terms of like building out this roster, because I think we would we would say, I want we're gonna do five minute. I just did a you and punch my mic. We're gonna do the five Hell minute yeah. thing. Welcome solidarity, so, solidarity, brother. We're going to do five minutes on this, and I want to do five minutes on how fat. And again, I want to reflect on the timeline of the Kobe Altman era because it's just wild to think about. But first thing, the next five years, let's just say like he he runs this out. Like this is six years from now. Like this theoretically would run out. Let's just say the next like three, four years as you look at the this era of Mobley, of Darius Garland, of Jared Allen. Those are the three pillars, and I think it'd be Mobley, Garland, Correct. Allen in that order. Correct. And, how, 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 what do you envision as like the the next kind of steps for him upgrading the roster, um, upgrading you know things around these three guys? Like what what do you envision as sort of the next kind of steps are in terms of 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 continuing this trajectory, even if it is not going to be like straight up like if can some kind of consistent growth? Maybe it's a like there could be some choppiness, obviously. Mm-hmm. Things are never directly just up and up and up. But what do you imagine the next kind of steps are? Well, it depends, honestly, what they do with the deadline, I think, because they do have their 2022 pick. And I think, like you said, they have Darius Garland. They have Evan Mobley. They have Jared Allen. And I agree with your Mobley, Garland, Allen order of priority, I guess, long term. But do you want to add another 18, 19, 20 year old into the fold with your draft pick or do you want to try and cash in maybe on your this moderate success this season, put some protections on your first round pick and maybe go swing for a rotation level piece because 
to quote you, the Cavs can never have enough adults in the room with how young and impressionable this roster is. And let's say like a Karis Levert or a Buddy Heald or somebody is available. Like the, you go and maybe go for that if you think that's enough, a, a good enough move to kind of because the Cavs are the sixth seed right now heading to the game, Wednesday's game against Utah. But do you want to remain, remain in that range so you avoid the playing tournament so you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs? I agree with that, but you have to start evaluating that. Maybe you need to start evaluating draft prospects long-term. Maybe you need to look internally and see what you have. So yeah, clearly you have Garland, Mobley, and Allen. Do you have enough complementary pieces that you're building as well? Like Sexton, don't know what he's going to be with his meniscal tear. I think you need to evaluate him and maybe move forward with that. Whether that you let him test the market in free agency and you can bring him back on a team-friendly contract because... I think the money he was offered by the Cavs, it's going to be less than if he tries to negotiate with the Cavs now, just because Colin Sex is an athletic player. And yes, modern medicine works better and he should have a full recovery. But I, there are concerns because of meniscal tear. You can tear it again pretty easily after the first time you do it. But you look at him, you look at what you have with the Coro as well. Um, you figure out maybe Jetty Osmond, is he a tradable asset? Like you see what assets that you surround your tier, your big three with quote unquote, and you see, are there moves we can make to make an upgrade? Could they go big name hunting this off season? I think they could, if you could get a team like Boston interested for Jalen Brown, or if you could get new Orleans, if somehow David Griffin still has a job, you hey, can get look, David don't, Griffin don't, just, don't, don't, you know what, you know, kudos to the Pelicans for being like in the plane hunt again, kudos to them. Brandon Ingram yeah. hitting shots. Good, good stuff. You know, what? Brandon Ingram's their MVP. Um, I, just want Jake I think I think yeah, the hot I think it's a hot take. People are already saying like Evan Mobley's better than Zion Williamson. I think they're on equal footing because people forget Zion had like twenty seven seven and four last year on pretty insane efficiency. But either way, um, maybe you're able to pry Brandon Ingram from New Orleans if this blows up. They're like, yeah, they're back at the play and hunt, but like this could still blow up because they were pretty putrid to start the season with Brandon Ingram on the floor too. Um, you just got to see what available moves are out there because I think you need to start bringing in known commodities that are still a little younger. I don't say go hunting like Eric Gordon. I don't hate that trade in a vacuum, but again, he is 30 in his 30s. So you're not really looking at a player that you can keep around long term if you're investing in them. Maybe you look for guys that are roughly the same age as like Allen or Garland in that threshold. You don't want to bring in more 19, 18, 19, 20 year olds to develop them and help them grow out. And also just f- f- smartly play the undrafted free agent and the players that are kind of overlooked. Like you said, like Deshaun Tate, like that's a really good example. Like the Cavs can start developing more core rotation pieces. Like they kind of have with Lamar Stevens. They kind of have with Dean Wade so far. Like if they continue to utilize the charge to do that as well, I think that's a smart move because the Cavs are in a pretty good place, obviously. It all just depends on what you do next. And I think Markinen, I forgot about him, but he's another tradable asset too. If he's able to kind of bounce back and rehabilitate some of his three-point shooting woes as of late, that's an option too. Like the Cavs are in an interesting place. Like they're in a good place right now. They're probably going to be a playoff team this year, but they're in an interesting enough place where they can kind of cash in some of the assets they've accumulated over this renaissance era of theirs and really just kind of push forward and say, okay, we have a big three, but we brought in a bigger name to maybe be the fourth musketeer in this group, or at least 